Australia, it's G'day Sausages, the world's favourite podcast on the Australian Federal Election 2019. No, no, as of last week, on anything. On Just the, a world's favourite podcast. The world's favourite podcast on anything yep. uh, related to the Australian Whatever Election 2019. Oh, okay. No caveats, we agreed, no caveats. I'm Will Grant. I'm CJ Josh. I'm Matt Roddle. <laughs> and joining us today is... Paul Verbal. How you going? Very, very well, thank you, Paul. Oh. Excellent to have us. Have you? Yes, it's excellent well, for you to have you're us. you're very lucky <laughs> yes, to have yeah, us. You are very lucky. Um, We're very so glad to give you this opportunity. I'd like to clarify this at the beginning. Are you a Dr. Paul? <laughs> no, I'm not a Dr. Paul. Not yet, but not I however, yet. But submitted you're my an thesis as- this morning. Did you really? This morning. I submitted this morning. Shouldn't you be drinking a whole bottle of scotch right now? earth are you doing talking to us? <laughs> Look, I, I, I had to apologise to Paul. I was talking to him just before he came in here and he said he'd submitted. And I said, well, why are you coming on a podcast? And he said his, his wife is turning up with a bottle of champagne after the podcast. Okay. So obviously, Good call. celebrate his debut oh, on G'day Well done, you. And can I clarify, if she would like to just shake it up and spray it all around the studio, she's... She she's more than welcome. She probably should. She's more than welcome. And congratulations awesome. on still having a wife at the end of your thesis. Yeah, thanks. She's very... Uh, Patient. Yeah. We will be talking to Paul in, well, Paul will be talking right now, but we'll be talking to Paul a little bit more about climate policies because rumour is climate's a pretty important thing in this election. Paul knows a fair bit about it, but we'll get to that in a second. And interestingly enough, major parties, and I'm including Labor in this, in this did not seem to grasp that at the beginning of the election campaign period. What, look, it is a bit of a niche issue, just, you know. I know, it's only I know, people I just who can't believe how like big it. an issue it is All out right, in the world. It, it, it is, but we've got to get to that later. We've got to, we've got to set excited. the scene. We've got to get set the scene. How many sleeps to go? We have eight sleeps to go Damn until right you're allowed to get your democracy sausage. You can obviously cast your vote now if you're someone who does, who you know believes in voting early. And and ten percent of the voting population do. Ten percent, yeah. As of uh, last night, one million six hundred forty-two thousand two hundred eighty-nine people had cast their votes. One point six million. One point six million. That is really ra- about, ramping up. Uh, so and, last time we spoke, it was only nine hundred thousand, and that was yeah, only a few yeah. days ago. Yeah. So it's it's exponentially going. It's two hundred. Expresidentially. Ex- that's the right word. Yeah, exponentially growing. Um. Yeah. 210,000 and then the next day it was 220, 230,000. So the number's increasing each day of who's going in to vote. Wow. Lots of people voting. Okay. What are the, what are the, uh, the polls saying at the moment? Where, where are our horsies sitting in this horsey race? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Look, polls have, have been consistent so far. There were some recent polls um, out the other day, still sitting on uh, 4852, but yeah. The one I want to talk about yeah. is the betting markets. Oh, that's my favourite. Yeah. Um, so someone laid down a lazy million on the ALP to win the election. Look, I don't like to boast, but 
<laughs> I, th- I, I, I thought it, uh, Malcolm Turnbull. I'm, I immediately thought Malcolm Turnbull because he's got to recoup some money somewhere along the line for what he gave to the Liberal Party so he could be Prime Minister. Did but they actually call it a lazy million? Because God damn, I respect that. Oh, that's my terminology. But lazy it was it, that actually threw the betting right out. So the coalition, which were at about $4.50 last time I think we spoke, mm. uh, out to $5.25 now. And Who late, says one person can't make a difference? Yeah, exactly. And ALP now down to a dollar fifteen, which is the lowest they've been since we started paying attention. Ah, well, well there you go. Um, things can obviously thing. get worse or better from here, but uh, wow! <laughs> I'm just saying, don't count your chickens. This is oh, why you God, get the no. big bucks. Don't no. count your chickens. No, I definitely do not count your chickens. I think this election is way closer than a lot of people are giving it credit for. You have to say that when you think someone's in charge, because otherwise you jinx them. Yeah, that's right. The we whole thing is based anyone. on what underpants you wear when you go to vote. I now have to wear underpants when we vote. That is not a condition is, I realise. Uh, I, I, are you wearing superstitious underpants when you go to vote? I used to. Ha- <laughs> I used to have a footy pair <laughs> for when my team played that I would wear. So because I would. I'd love to know if the if our politicians, if our leaders, are wearing special underpants when Do, they go. Really. To vote. I've got a picture of Peter Dutton right in front of me. I don't know why I'm Ooh. thinking of Peter Dutton's underpants. I've got one in my head right now, and it's very different to the picture in front of you. Uh, just so you know, I'm actually wearing, because I submitted my thesis today, I'm oh, yeah. wearing special underpants. You're wearing your lucky underpants. Yeah, they're See? psychedelic uh, kittens. Awesome. Uh, cool. v- v- awesome. Look, we'll, oh. we'll have a look we, later and we'll put that we, up with the... I was going to say, we look forward to putting that up with the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but you mentioned something visual and it has to go up into social media. That's Picks how the world or it works. didn't happen. That's how we roll. I mean, well, uh, no, no pressure. Listener, um, let us know if you wear special underpants to vote. Um, <laughs> I, there, there'll be a prize for the best. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just would like to know. Okay. There is one other poll that has happened recently that is um, not on uh, who is winning, but what is the key issue of this election? So the Lowy poll, the Lowy Institute uh, for International Affairs, uh, one of our leading think tanks. I believe it is Australia's leading think tank. There is, there is. How, how do you measure how leadership? You no, 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 think no. There is actually, there is actually a global leaderboard of think tanks. Really? Is yeah, this yeah. like where the best podcast? Uh, no, you mean in made-up stuff? No, no, there is. Is this a, one run by the Heartland Institute? It's not run by. No, it's run by a, a, a university in the US that studies think tanks. I mean, sure. how fucking hilarious! A think tank of think tanks. I, I'll do your wholesome episode on this one day. <laughs> and um, and they and they have like a global leaderboard. And I think often number one is Rand Corporation, which I, right. I love. Rand Corporation, they're, they're insane. Um, they're the people but, who actually do Westworld in real life, aren't they? Yes, uh, not yeah. quite. No, not quite. But then, that, then they have also lots of lots of different. They have country charts, and then they have topic charts. So you know, number one in defense and security studies. Number one in who's number one in North Korea? What's the best think tank in North Korea? I I don't have the details to hand in front of me, but oh. John, uh, Kim Jong Un. But, but listener, if you do want that as a as a wholesome topic, maybe I'll do that for Rod one day. I'll just I'll do it for me. Don't <laughs> care about them. Do it for me. But. The Lowy Institute, uh, one of Australia's leading think tanks, put out a poll looking at what is the number one issue right now. 64% of Australian adults say the number one issue is climate change. That is huge. Yeah. They tell me, they tell me, I've been seeing this um, for quite some time, that this election is a climate change election. Uh, I think I've been reading a lot of The Guardian, and so The Guardian wants it to be a climate change election, and I want it to be a climate change election. I'm not quite sure if it is. But that's what I want to talk about now and talk about with Paul. So is this a climate ele- climate election, Paul? Yeah, sure. I think it is a, a climate change election, but I think 2007 was a climate change election too, wasn't it? 
And then yeah, Kevin yeah, Rudd uh, had his great moral challenge. Yeah, and, and we fixed it. Nothing happened afterwards. So yeah. I think it's not just about the lead up to the election. It's then, all right, what happens next? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what's going to happen next? Well, uh, it really depends upon who, who's elected, right? So um, when, Mo- when Morrison's flung out, just, just this let's, is, this let's is just Rod's fantasy podcast. So let <laughs> let, let's pretend. So Abbott, Abbott's been dumped. Dutton loses his seat. Morrison's flung out. Imagine, just for fun, indulge me. What do you reckon? Do you reckon they'll follow through? Uh, well, uh, you look at what Labor's targets are. They've yeah. got, as everyone knows, 45% reduction by 2030. And if the economic Armageddon doesn't happen, uh, there's that one. But I think there's a more important target that a lot of other people haven't really noticed. And that is to have net zero emissions by 2050. 2050, they're gunning for net zero. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so just just to clarify, what's the difference between 40, 45% below what, what year 2005 levels? 2005 levels of emissions. Below 2005 right. and net zero so to, by 2050. So yep. what, what are the... What's the difference? Yeah, just to, what, what does that mean? Well, in, net in zero means that overall you, you don't have any emissions coming out, but yep. there are some areas where it's a little bit hard to get rid of emissions, like cow farts. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you offset those... So you've, you're either I sucking the cow farts back or, yeah. it's, or it's planting a tree. It's actually cow burps. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It cow is burp. the cow burps. Yeah. Farts are funnier. Farts are funnier. I yeah. Know. yeah. Funnier. But the, it's the cows burping that's actually What you do is you capture them and then you vitrify them and you bury them in outback Australia. Mm. Carbon sequestration. So we fixed that. So so what was that? 45% by, by what year? 2030. 2030. And then at 2050, uh, yeah. net, net zero. zero. Is, that, is, wow. that a, um, is that an ambitious target internationally? Uh, not whether we can do it or not, but is that is that out in front of people, a long way behind, in the middle of the pack? No, I mean, I think there's very much a, a broad uh, perception that that's pretty much what you need to do. Yep. But in yeah. an Australian context, it's actually not that controversial. Because every single state and territory government, apart from WA and the Northern Territory, have got a net zero by 2050 target as well. So we'd just be wrapping them all up. So every, every I mean, it's not like there's special federal emissions. Like, oh, I don't know, know about that. I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, the Navy or something like that. Maybe the Navy are emitting a lot. But other than that, there's no special, like, it's just a collection of states. What so, does Parliament yeah. House count as? Is that federal or is that ACT? <laughs> a lot of hot air. But is that yeah? Who, who's, un, who's under whose jurisdiction? Well, federal. So 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 every state has this ambition. So it's not most, that far out there. Yeah, most of them yeah. states and territories. And then the question is, is that if that's your target, and that's probably what we we should be gunning for if we're going to be consistent with our Paris uh, Agreement, tar- uh, what, what the rest of the world's doing under Paris. Yeah. Well, then it's a question of how do you get there. Mm-hmm. So all of this stuff yeah. about oh yeah, you know we're going to have the end of the world and we're going to lose six hundred and sixty-five thousand two hundred and thirty-two jobs by X date. Yep. Uh, with the with the economic modelling which has been floating around in the media, it's actually it's not the point. It's about where do you want to where do you want to go? Yep. And yep. then what's the cheapest and the most equitable way to get? So there? Yep. does the Labor Party and and here we're talking about the Labor Party policy because uh, polls are pointing it to being the party of government next, and it's important to talk to the Greens policy in a second. But basically, we don't have very much policy from the Liberal Party. We can look yeah, at but very, you've very got to, you got to keep in mind as well that they're sticking with that the target that was put into the Paris Agreement for twenty thirty, but. All countries by 2020 are going to have to say where they're going to go to next yep. in terms of ramping yeah. up their ambition. So regardless of who's in government come a month or so, then they're going to have to start thinking about where, where we want to be in, in three okay. decades' time. So, so the Liberal Party definitely has a target, and, and the Labor Party, we just talked about their target. What, what, what have they specified in terms of methods for getting to that? 
Yeah, well, in terms of the energy sector, something really interesting has happened over the last few years. It's gotten really cheap to cut emissions out of the electricity sector in particular. Uh, And so now a lot of people are saying, all right, well, that's where we're Is this by replacing with renewables? Yeah, that's right. And uh, mainly because solar, wind Mm. and battery storage are getting really cheap now. Uh, And uh, what Labor has said they do is they basically take the framework of the National Energy Guarantee, which uh, the government had tried to get through or certain parts of the Liberal Party tried to get through. Malcolm Turnbull's baby, yep. Yeah, and then the baby was not able to come to term they, they, uh, for yeah. whatever they, they, they tried to get an omen sort of baby and then they not only pe- threw it out with the bath water they drowned it in the bath first yes i think, I think yeah, yeah. The, just just going with the metaphor that's all just just go with it yeah i think i'll leave that one metaphor there and <laughs> you can keep that one uh but basically what they're going to do and this was always actually how it was designed it's going to turn into an emissions trading scheme for the electricity sector right yep. that's probably what would happen and labor has said that they'd like to have a bipartisan agreement uh, and they'd like to take that framework and turn it into something a bit different. Uh, but the, I think they've also said, Mark Butler said, well, that's if it's bipartisan, otherwise yeah. we might do something else. Can, can I ask you then, you're the probably, I hope you're the guy to ask this. Um, so all the rhetoric about um, the the cheap and ch- making electricity prices cheaper and everyone's panicking because they want to you know save 100 bucks a year because battlers are dying because electricity, etc. Complete bollocks? semi-bollocks or not at all? Because, I mean, how hard is it? From what you've just said, and I always thought this was the case, uh, apply renewables, do all the good stuff, as if prices are going to go up. Like, in, in what world would they go up as a result of this? Is there a real world like that? Probably not anymore. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing is, is that it's not like you can just go 100% renewables, it's going to be cheap, easy. There Tomorrow, are a lot of, but, yeah, yeah. There, are, there are a lot of coordination issues that you've got to sort out in terms of the networks. You've got to think about some questions. Do we have a big centralised electricity generators the way that we have now yep. and you know, build big bloody snowy 2.0 or are we going to have more decentralised systems? Yep. So there are a lot of design questions that you've got to think through. So we've got to worry about electrical socialism then, from what I'm hearing. You know, If everyone's in control of their own electricity, the socialists have won. I'm very worried. That's what I took from that. Yeah, yeah I'm very worried. Yeah, but ba- <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul just wants to get up and walk out. <laughs> but basically, yeah, it's not going to be it's not going to be easy. But yeah, it, it can be sorted out. Now, the reason the electricity prices are so high at the moment is because there's been a policy vacuum. Because yes. we've got this big, yep. unpriced, what economists would call an externality, mm-hmm. right? Which is greenhouse gas emissions, yep. which is not being factored in to current uh, policy and that means that investors can't actually make decisions the interesting thing though is is that if that we had had a bit more of a transition and a bit more of a steady transition and some targets and some policy electricity prices wouldn't have got as high as they have gotten and you might not have been able to have as much battery storage coming in yeah you might not have actually had so much more new wind and solar and okay and, and that's quite an interesting So you're saying thing. there's been an advantage of, of the last few years of, yeah, of terrible I, policy uh, yeah. on so the week. Desperation so. being the mother of invention and all that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, which is, I think is quite interesting because it's completely counterproductive to the people who tried to stymie or or you, or you could oh, say right. potentially yes. that yes. there has been so much momentum from different forces to, to try and get to a low-carbon grid. So aside from politics, there are lots of people who want to move to a low-carbon grid and our grid has problems. And so there's there's things pushing in that direction anyway. Even when we don't have policy leadership, there's still things that are that are making things get better. And apparently almost – and despite – 
not having yep. policy le- in, in because of not having policy leadership. You're saying. Well, we did have some things. We had the renewable energy target, yeah. and uh, the prices of, of those certificates have went up quite quickly. They're going back down now, but because of the way the targets were changed. So that also encouraged all of that new renewable energy generation coming in as well. But I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to dollar-dollar bills, y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's yeah. exactly right. It's not just about, oh, you know, everybody pulling together and wanting to do something for... Kumbaya and hair Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's actually, it's about making money. It's a, it's a business decision and it's a sensible yeah. business decision. And that is why people have put lots of solar on their roofs. Yeah. Not just because they got feed in tariffs, but now people are going, well, shit, right? <laughs> Electricity prices are very high. Yeah. Maybe I want a bit of independence mm. and maybe I want a bit of security. So how the hell does the rhetoric coming like gain, gain any traction that if we don't get more coal fire power plants, we're all fucked and electricity is going to skyrocket? Like, How is this even capturing the hearts and minds of such folk who would vote in that direction? I don't, I don't think it is. I think okay. I would suggest that the Australian electorate is a bit smarter than a lot of people give it credit for. Yeah. And people can smell bullshit. And I just, yeah, look, we're, we're at the point now where it just doesn't make any economic sense to be building new coal plants in Australia. Yeah. It just doesn't. And, and yet there are people that want them. And, and yet this morning at a press conference uh, that Scott Morrison was at, the question was asked, will you fund a new coal pipe? He was up around near Rockhampton yeah. or something, and he, you know, did everything, every dance around it to not say to no. Not actually say yes. So, well, so he didn't yeah. say, well, yeah. in that environment, yeah, he might. Yeah. Well, there's certain he, people he, that would want to hear a yes. He want, they want to hear a yes yeah. because that's that's their jobs, that's what their skills are, and that's why they want the work. But there's goddamn limited thinking. Like, if I can't have a job in this, that's it. There's no possibility yeah, nobody, for me to earn money any other way. Nobody's presenting that I agree. way out. And I that's, agree with you. And that's where the I think there's the big fault in yep. the a big chunk of the policy side is not saying how the transition takes place yeah. for everyday workers because we yep. heard about the transitions out of the car manufacturing industry and that was very bad for a lot of people. Mm. And uh, worse now that we're going back when Tony's back in, when we're, Tony's we're going back, back to we'll, car manufacturing. We'll be so building be cool. electric cars yeah. now. But um, yeah, that, that was actually a very bad thing and, and as Will likes to point out, yes, I do come from Adelaide. So we, we had a lot of does too. those... Um, you know, Mitsubishi closing down and, and that sort of thing. And it took the state, the state government did, had to do a lot of quick work yeah. to retrain people. And But we don't hear any policy, even rhetoric about that, do we? Yeah. How are we going to help these people? We just say bullshit, we, we can't have coal. Uh, actually, yeah, I, I beg to differ. Are you hearing it? Yeah, yeah. Tell there, me what are, you there, there are conversations going on about coal transitions, that's work that is going on. Yep. Uh, in particular locations, uh, we've actually got a project here at the ANU and at the University of Melbourne. Excellent. And uh, also, at Mon- I think it's at Curtin as well in yep. WA. But also people are doing things. So the West Australian Government last week, uh, I'm from WA. Uh, as you can tell, I'm wearing my, well, it's a visual thing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh, can I say also you picked up the language very well. Yeah, yeah, doing what I can. Yeah. Uh, West yeah. Coast Eagles, by the way. And... Uh, Last week, the West Australian government na- uh, made a big announcement. I think Collie down in down in Southwest WA, beautiful mm. part of the world, about ten thousand people live there. I think uh, two thousand of those are employed in either the coal mining industry or coal generation. There mm. are about two or three really big coal plants there, and there is very much an awareness in the community down there and with the government that 
those jobs are not going to be there forever. And that's uh, when yeah. you're talking that percentage of the community. Uh, yeah. What is it, 2,000 jobs out of 10,000 yeah. 10, people? So you yeah. know, yeah. Not, it, it's ignore, ignore the kids and the and the grannies. Like that's most of the town. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, it's big. And one of the first announcements, originally there was plans to be to build solar plants because you've got all the transmission interconnection there. Uh, so there was going to be solar and a biogas plant. But now they've announced 70 million bucks uh, to go into mountain bike trails, basically. Sweet. Um, going, you know, I love mountain biking, so that's great. Uh, it's, it's a great sport and everyone should love it more. And does, does it generate much electricity? Um, uh, no, no. I was, I was sure no. maybe I'm missing out no. on something. <laughs> but the point is, is that, that that is investment that will then go into the surrounding area and be able to build up a tourism industry, which is already big throughout the other yeah. parts of the southwest. Yeah. And Collie is right in the middle of beautiful national parks. It's a great place. Uh-huh. Now, you can't necessarily do that in every coal community. Yep. But I think the important thing is, and my grandfather was a coal miner, not in Australia, but elsewhere, yeah. is being able to give people a sense of identity and also a way of looking to the future yep. and saying, well, our community is going to have something else. Yeah. This is this is something that I've always thought about, the the whole climate industry, and, and it applies to a lot of other uh, industries that we've realised are causing problems, uh, that a lot of both people, workers at, the, at the, the working end and communities, but also the owners went into coal in good faith. 50 years ago, yeah. um, they treated it as, okay, we're providing a really important service for society. Uh, the world needs power. Well, it needed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, yeah. World, the world need power. And, and there, was, there was nothing around at that time telling these people that, okay, it's going to cause a huge problem. Uh, so I think helping the workers, obviously, uh, to transition, but also we should think about, okay, if we make pathways for the people who own these things out of, out yeah. of that so that they can keep their money. I don't want to treat them, you know, digging in their heels and going, okay, well, I'm, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the last dollar out of this, or instead make it so easy so so they can move into and, other things. And make yeah. it and make it dignified for God's sake. I know, you know? Yeah. like yeah. that I whole know. thing of like d- people that it's that it's a valuable alternative, not not like some welfare charity handout thing. Give people a bit of dignity about this whole thing. Just you want to keep Paul begs to differ. You just well, you just <laughs> want to keep in mind that a lot of the coal fired power plants in New South Wales and Victoria were bought off state governments for next to nothing. Yeah, mm, mm. Uh, yeah that's when they decided, let's sell the infrastructure. So Neoliberalism rocks, man. Sell everything the government owns. So this this, this is good. I mean, what, what bothers me always about this is I don't hear that in the more generic media, you know, oh, we've got a plan to transition. We've got a plan to actually do it. Not just coal shit, renewable, good, stop coal, is which that, is infantile. Is that because it's sort of like in the um, Australian Financial Review buried away it's not easy to what what do you yeah look i i I really i don't know i don't actually read much much media to be honest (laughs) no no fair enough (laughs) you don't need to you're an educated man now and particularly not with with these sorts of things uh just because i i think it's just it's too it's too divorced uh from reality a lot of the time uh, so yeah. I think you've got to remember, though, as well, that a plan for transition is good, but no one loves being transitioned. Oh, God, like, no. like It's not nice. You know. Uh, well, the other thing is, back to what we were saying a while ago, I think title of a previous episode, it's 151 by-elections, so yep. we're not going to hear it. It's true. I'm just contradicting what I've been saying, but we're not going to hear the local stories yep. about actually doing that because they're not relevant on the national scene to many of us. 
So no. there probably is a shitload more going on than we and, realize. And also, as much as I really appreciate, like the way you're explaining it is great. I, I kind of need you to follow. Could you follow me around for a little while while I could just ask the random questions and that? Because it is one of those topics that you, I just go, oh my god, this is so confusing, and I don't. I know I want things to happen, but I. There's just too many numbers, too many variables, and people not measuring things on the same scale each time. Yeah. Can I ask um, two final questions, Paul? One, one is, can we just quickly go through the policies of the other yeah. uh, major parties? So let's do. So we've done Labor. Um, can we do the Greens, the Libs, and um, One Nation? Well, we haven't actually covered, yeah, all, all, <laughs> all of the all of Labor's policies, of which there are many, uh, including giving. Ten billion dollars to the Clean Energy Finance Corporation, um, which the, which this government tried to close down. No, no, they tried to close down Arena, Arena, the, the renewable energy agency. Right. Uh, the virtual power plants for solar schools. Schools. There are a lot of labour policies around this. Uh, in terms of libs, well, government policy at the moment is to have twenty five to fifty percent of new electric vehicles. Um, uh, all vehicles new to vehicles be like electric yep. vehicles by twenty fifty. Oh, by twenty thirty. Sorry. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and also basically giving subsidies uh, to landowners. So, th- so this is Scott tips. Morrison ruining the weekend for 25% of people and, yeah, and yeah. Labor ruining it for 50% for of people. For everybody, so, yeah. yeah. okay. You only want a quarter of our utes. <laughs> Can't have my ute. I bloody love We're it. We're being facetious. I'm aware of that. It's not uh, his first barbecue. Yeah. Uh, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, in terms of the Greens, they've said that they want to have a target of net zero emissions by 2040. Uh, they also have said that they'd be keen on carbon pricing, 100% renewables, and electricity grid yep. uh, by 2030. Yep. And they also want a government-owned not-for-profit energy retailer, which is interesting because Snowy Hydro is owned by yeah. the federal government and it owns just not generation assets, but also Red Energy and Lumo mm. as well. Mm. Uh, that's, that's an interesting one. And mm. then... Uh, I don't know about One Nation. I don't don't know that they have any. I I just I just policies. wanted to. See. We just wanted if you, to if see looked, if they. I if, don't, we're not sure. Uh, if Fraser Annings, uh, Conservative Nationals. Do you what's, reckon they've got energy a, policy? <laughs> fuck off, white people. White people. <laughs> fuck people. off. I'm not sure, but uh, burn immigrants. We'll make coal. I mean, whatever. But interestingly, all of those, uh, I guess, socially liberal, economically conservative independents, like uh, Zali Stegall and, and Oliver Yates and yeah. others. Basically, they're saying that Labor's uh, emissions targets are a minimum. Yes, no, okay. from what from They've what, from what I've seen. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and I think it'd be very interesting to see how yeah. that. That's going to make the okay. massive crossbench even more interesting. Here's the thing more I want to know, and and you can say, look, I don't know on this question. This is this is about the politics. I'm not po- afraid to say I don't. know. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair <laughs> enough. This this is about the politics post post election. So, um, given Malcolm Turnbull's million dollar bet, Malcolm, if it wasn't you, just put your just, head up just and say give it us wasn't a ring. you. Why, why would you not believe it was me? Anyway, Come on. Anyway. Um, is it, are we going to get the situation here where scenarios of um, Labor in government, uh, Greens in the crossbench, and the Independents in the cross? Are, are we going to get to a place where um, an emission uh, an emissions scheme put up by Labor gets knocked back by the Greens again, or are we going to are we going to get something this time? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think the Greens will. Oh yeah, look, I, I don't know. I'm speculating, but I, I think of course, of course, speculating. Yeah. But, but you are an educated observer, so You're an educated speculator. Look, if, if I was if I was the Greens and I had a policy put up to me again, uh, like the one that they had last time, mm. I, I think they probably won't knock that back. They'll mm. yeah. I, 
But who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what the makeup of the Senate is going to be? Yeah. I was going to say, who the House what? isn't your problem. It's yeah, the no, no, of course, of course. Yes. No, <laughs> no, not the House. Yeah, exactly. I made comment on this very thing about, you know, the Greens bashing down the not perfect enough system earlier, and I got soundly abused by some Greens online saying, that's just a Labor trope to bag the Greens. They're very it didn't strong happen. on that's not what actually happened. Yeah, they really are. And, and I can't. Well, grapple with that. <laughs> well, well, the, uh, Kevin Rudd didn't get a climate policy through, so I don't know. Something, something happened. Something happened. Yeah. Something happened, and we didn't have anything um, occur for eleven years. Well, no. Well, no. Julia Gillard did. So a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we had a carbon price for for a, you know, for a while. I think it was a bit under a couple of years. Yeah. But if we'd had it for longer, yeah. it'd be better. Then it probably would would have been more difficult. But sure, I don't know. Every graph I've seen, in passing at least, showed a demonstrable drop in emissions. Yes. During the time of that carbon price. That's correct. And I've not seen anything to gainsay that. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And that was even short term. So, All right. Well, the climate election. Yeah. I hope that, uh, look, I hope that Australia does vote on climate uh, because we need to. There is, there's another um, uh, poll put out by Roy Roy Morgan recently. So going, drilling down into the number one issues in different seats. And it does vary quite a lot. The 151 by-elections, we are voting a lot of different things. But Mm. um, Warringah. Tony Abbott's seat and Higgins in Victoria, so key liberal seats there. Uh, both number one uh, is climate the, by a long way. So yeah, and the, and there is a, a school of thought that says that it's the seats that can actually afford to be worried about climate change that are the ones that are going to go. And Warringah and yeah. and Dixon yeah. would you know fit in. But that. then there, the, it is framing a lot of a lot of other people's thinking. Like even it doesn't oh, have yeah, to be the number, number one issue. To mean that um, a few people in whatever seat will shift shift, shift their vote a yep. bit. Yeah, I think they will shift. I'd suggest as well. This is not just a you know urban champagne socialist city slickers issue. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people who, out in the bush. Yep. Oh. Uh, who are very very concerned? Absolutely, and climate climate for them means water, and in Cairns, climate means barrier reef, and in Townsville, climate means uh, Adani. So yeah. th- th- there's a whole bunch of ways that climate but, plays But also into this. Um, farmers, uh, you know, farmers have long stopped being the individual guy out on a tractor. You know, yes, there are a few of those, but they're big conglomerates now, most yeah. of the agricultural industries in Australia. And they are, are way ahead of the government in terms of how they manage their land and, and things because it's their business. Yeah, because they have. To, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Paul Vorrell. Uh, congratulations again yeah. on submitting your thesis today. Go and have your bottle of champagne. And thanks and for postponing your bottle of champagne to talk to us. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. Happy yeah. days. No trouble at all. We hope so. We hope so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we don't know what's going on uh, yeah, you know, sometime next week, we'll give you a call. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, keep tracking on these on these issues. Um, I want to go to Dump Watch. We never got around to making a Dump Watch. <laughs> I don't know no, if that's, that's the, the wrong button. We need the wah, wah. No, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> dump Watch, we've lost another candidate. We've lost two yesterday. Oh, two, two. yesterday, sorry. Two. Yeah. Uh, the so dumping's thick and fast. <laughs> <laughs> we've really got to do something about that door. I like it. <laughs> it adds atmosphere. Uh, so, uh, Gurpal Singh... Uh, Gopal Singh, who is the Liberal pre-selected candidate for the seat of Scullin in um, Victoria, had previously been – he's been – the last 10 days or so, we've seen all these stories about the comments that he made at the time of the same-sex marriage um, plebiscite. He was a campaigner for no. He uh, made comments on um, his – 
a Punjabi radio station and uh, made lots of comments online about the fact that if gay people um, got married, then they would there would be children, and that would um, and there was a close association with pedophilia. Yep. So oh. so oh. there's there's that one. So hang on, that was ten days ago though. Yeah, so. but he's okay because um, Scott Morrison said he had you know the party system takes care of that sort of thing, and mm. and um, they'd made a decision. So so basically that was okay. That was okay. Right. That was okay. It was not not okay enough. Mm. But then last night it came out, or late yesterday afternoon it came out, that he had made comments on uh, an SBS um, site about a program about domestic violence and things, and he had said that the woman, uh, a guy had had, um, abused and uh, beaten up and raped his wife, and he said, well, um, she didn't leave. And uh, and then it, he got in trouble, um, didn't he? Th- who? So the, the, then the husband gets in trouble. Oh, yeah, then the husband got, you know, yeah. caught and everything else. And so then um, Mr Singh's response was that, well, he's the real victim here. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then I think the outrage uh, had just sort of peaked. Stands to reason. I mean, really, it, his, his logic's impeccable. Now, there's another factor that came into play here, which I think is very interesting. The ALP uh, are... Using we, we know that they they seem to be quite well, but all the major parties are quite sophisticated in using social media and that. Uh, uh, it they ALP started putting ads on Grinder and targeting um, Grinder, which is like gay the gay hookup um, app, and they started putting ads on Grinder targeting the Scullin Higgins mm. Kuyong, um, and featuring this guy and saying this is what he was on about uh, at the time of the plebiscite, and so that kind micro targeting, uh, very micro targeting. But those seats had phenomenal, you know, large um, uh, yes votes in, in. And I think, and I think that's the the interesting thing here. Uh, obviously, getting dumped for saying, well, he said one horrible, he said two horrible two things. Two horrible things. Uh, but but. That period where he's being defended by the party yeah. is, is a great advertising moment for uh, the Labor Party. Well, and and silence is news. a defence. I mean, just saying nothing is, yep. is as despicable as not not coming down on this person. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that, that use of, um, you know, it's not just Facebook, it's not just Twitter, it's not yeah. your LinkedIn and, and, and Instagram, but there's plenty of other apps in that that are being used. Yeah. Do you know, a do, couple of years ago, if, they, if they'd done that and used Grindr, that would have been the attack ad back at them. You used Grindr and that's a gay app and blah, 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 blah. Like, it wouldn't have been that long ago. That in itself would have been a reason that would have been seen as valid for attacking the people who used it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other app that they're, um, the, the Labor in particular are using a lot is WeChat, which is the um, Chinese uh, Facebook. Facebook oh, that's one we text on the toilet. No, no. <laughs> I get them confused. It's, it's, well, you can. Am I using the wrong app? You can use WeChat on the toilet, I'm sure, but it's not But both that. parties are one. using WeChat to the Asian communities uh, in um, in Melbourne in particular. Yeah. And Penny Wong has come out saying that, you know, some of these ads are just absolutely wrong and, like, no one's going to argue with her because she's probably the only one that can... This, yeah. this is a really interesting thing in the, in the modern advertising world that, you know, previously in a mainstream TV and newspaper and radio market, you know, it was very easy for everyone to see all of the ads and then mm. to be able to, you know, um, check up that they're legit. But now there's so there's many places so many that ads And you cannot... Um, it's just... I know when Andrew was here the other day, it is just... It's pretty much not impossible to see 
all the ads that are out there. Which is a mercy. It is impossible. That's yeah. a mercy. Who wants to? And it, and no, it, I think someone should. That we should have someone like, oh, no, an equivalent of Clockwork Orange and you're forced to sit down and watch all oh the ads. Me personally? And, and you turn into Clive Palmer gradually, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, and that's, this is a good chance to remind people that if you do have some um, paraphernalia about the election, the National Library of Australia is interested in seeing your hard copy ones. Yeah. It would be very interesting to know what they're going to do about all this digital advertising and whether that will go into print the drive it. as well. Just print it. Just print out the internet. Yeah, just print it. <laughs> also want to say, just as a side, when, when, when are we – can we actually get Penny Wong to run for the lower house for to be prime minister? Just for some I think reason. when her kids are older, because she she's been very clear I, uh, right from the word go that she wanted to that she wasn't interested. Oh, really? That, that really, means really, you're interested really, in politics. Really that means you're interested. Um, Stint as foreign minister. She'd be, she'd be a fantastic person. She'd be okay. wonderful. But that she, let's not forget that she. There's a very good chance that she could be our foreign minister. That's what I'm saying, so, and that's a good warm up. And that's a good. Okay, what what else has happened in the last few days? Um, I got some new shoes. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, that, that's not what you're after. Uh, what no. about you, Sid? Well, you that, no, I want to go. Um, Bill Shorten um, told well, us, told a story about his mother. And, the, and yeah, then well, something the first, happened. Well, the first thing mm. that uh, I think we should probably mention. Sorry, I just think we should mention the press club debate. Do okay, you want to wrap first? this? In? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to the results of the debate. It was it was during the debate he told the story about his mother. No, 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 no. See, it wasn't. This is um, or, or not or not. Oh, okay. So he went well, on Q and A. Ah, Q and yeah. That's I confuse all of these <laughs> question answering sessions. I can, I, I can sessions understand that. On so the he, television, he did, a, yeah, he did a solo appearance on Q and A, which Scott Morrison has declined eight hundred um, times. Eight hundred times, and then towards it was right at the end of the Q and A where. Um, Bill Shorten, something came up and he just talked a little bit about his mother and how she didn't have the opportunity to go to university. Uh, she was the oldest um, oldest daughter and she got a teaching scholarship and she looked after the other young kids at home and she didn't get to, you know, to go off and achieve what she wanted to do. And, and then you know what Tony Jones is like at the end of that show. It's a bit like Will at the end of the podcast. Like, come on, come on, we're going to finish this show yeah, now. Yeah, you know? I've got to go. I've got a to be. I haven't taken yeah. my Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so it, it wound up. Um, the Daily Telegraph then put out a, a – Front page of their paper, though, mm. with the headline "Mother of Invention," saying that Bill Shorten had misrepresented his mother; that she actually did go to university and she became a successful barrister. So he then was asked at the that day at a press conference, and it was a moment where I actually texted a couple of friends saying, "There's just been a major moment in the campaign," and it was this is Bill's moment. I didn't get a text. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, other I, friends, other friends, like my real friends. I didn't know you were saying other people. The ones that you do the other podcast with. <laughs> oh my god, what does that do? And um, he went into the story of saying, well, yes, she did go to university. In fact, she went to university at the same time my brother and I were going to university. She was in her final year of law and we were just starting. Can you imagine how embarrassing that would be? Your mum was at uni with you. But anyway. And she's the drunkest one in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> she did. And she was very successful, you know, uh, in the sense of academically, she was very successful, got the um, uh, Grand Poopar Supreme Court Prize for law. And yeah, all she got the law things. laurels. Yeah, and she did go to the bar and she was, became a barrister. But he said she got about, you know, she was a woman in her 50s yep. with grey hair and just got into the field and he said she probably got about nine cases. She actually yep. found the whole thing quite dispiriting. And was it six years she was six working Six years ish? she worked, yeah, six years she worked Stella. at that. And, um, yeah. you know, which 
is is um great. I mean, it's it's absolutely fantastic that she went back and did going to university and everything. But, but I wouldn't call that a massively overly successful yeah. and, legal and, and career. Missed missed the window when she wanted and, to. Yeah, and didn't get. And to nor do was it an act of deceit on his part. Well, no, and he has told sake. he has told this story uh, many times before. It's been in his book and all the rest of it. So there was this enormous backlash to the Daily Telegraph. Now, one of the interesting things about it was that the Daily Telegraph and the Sun-Herald in – Daily Telegraph's in Sydney, Sun-Herald's in Melbourne. They share a lot of copy. Sun-Herald chose not to run it, didn't even run the story, Mm. let alone put it on their front page Mm. and try to turn it into something. Now, Are you saying that's significant? I think it is significant. Mm. And I think the other thing that amazes me is – that you would pick that as your front page story. And I saw the journalist defending herself saying, oh, well, in a, he was misleading people and it's in the in middle of the election campaign and everything. Oh, Do you even listen to yourself when you talk now, people? Well, For also, it was just like, oh, sweetheart, <laughs> you've really drunk the Kool-Aid. But um, uh. and it, even, even Andrew Bolt said it was a low <laughs> blow. I mean... Okay, now I've changed my mind. I like it. <laughs> and so uh, he's... Bill Shorten took about – it was about 10 minutes, I suppose, told the story – told the whole story, so yeah. it was there, and, t- you know, got a bit choked up at one point. I got a bit choked up watching him do it. Plenty of other people There's did There's a lot too. of votes in chokes. Well, oh, the I choke don't think underrepresented. I, it, it, I've seen some people saying, oh, it was all contrived. I'm not, I'm not knocking him, no. That's, that's no. I, I don't think it was. I don't think What's it was. What's been billed as people going, oh, my God, it, this is the actual emotion this real is, guy. Well, this is actually – and I think for people who say they don't like Bill Shorten or they don't know who he is or whatever, if you didn't see even two minutes of that and yeah. can still say that there's something wrong with you, I, I think uh, that it yeah, is. Yeah, I, I, I think it's very interesting. I think, I think it does a lot for Bill Shorten, but it also um, shows, again, how tribal – uh, news is and interestingly how much Labor has given up on this I've been listening to a few podcasts on this where uh, in Kevin Kevin Rudd's election 2007 mm. News Limited were not best friends with Labor but certainly Kevin Rudd thought they were a, a key part of, of making sure that he could get into government now the fight he, fight he doesn't between, think that anymore have you yeah, seen his Twitter feed no no no, 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 no. The, fight, yeah. the fight between uh, Kevin Rudd and News Limited and, and potentially Julia Gillard and News Limited yeah. happened later I think yeah, it, happened yeah, yeah. With, it happened with the NBN and it happened with um, things like that Mm. Uh, at that point coming into government. But uh, Bill Shorten uh, could potentially have wiped the slate clean and said, no, we've got to be friends with them. But I think very yeah. much Labor has said that they're, they're a dead wicket. Nothing's well, going to happen there. Bill they, Shorten, they're going to hate yeah. us no matter what. Yeah. But yeah. Bill Shorten um, did say, you know, we're not going to play with them nice because he was uh, when he was overseas, he was invited to meet with Rupert Murdoch and he declined the invitation. So I'm sorry, I have to iron my shirts. Yeah, I'm washing my hair that I have night. a meeting no, tomorrow. No, I think, that, I think that's a good move by Bill Shorten. I think it... it in some ways, I don't know if it changes people's votes, but it certainly does make people think, you know what, uh, Murdoch is a cancer on Australian democracy and I think it's nice to see Australian political leaders saying, you know what, I don't, I don't want to buy into that. Yeah. You know, if we talk about you know, foreign influence on our democracy, that's the biggest one. Yeah, and then I think, and once again, I highly recommend to people go onto YouTube, look up Dennis Potter's interview with Melbourne Bragg, where he uh, he's a t- teleplay writer and everything. Literally, with his dying breath, he was drinking liquid morphine during the interview. He oh. was riddled with cancer, and, and, and he just railed against Murdoch. And yeah. this was. There, there, there was an interesting one yeah. as well that I read just the other day. I don't know is it if um, where the piece was, 
Um, but it was a 30-year veteran journalist, uh, Tony Cock. Ian the Guardian. Um, Ian the Guardian, Just yeah. recently. Oh, uh, yeah. Tony Cock, 30-year yeah. veteran, veteran journalist at The Australian. Yeah. Yep. Um, not editor. Like, not, yeah, there I, you I'm go. Not, hang on. And had won. Sorry, I must have. No, I won 100 million, 100 million Walkleys yep. or something like yep. that. Massively well-respected. Yep. He ran Walkleys before they existed. He yeah, was that yeah, good exactly. yeah. <laughs> um, Committed a time heist to get the Walkleys. <laughs> so, uh, so, obviously, uh, he said he had massive respect for those papers um, in their time and when he was there, but that um, he was cancelling his subscriptions. And For he, the first time believe. in 30 years, he cancelled his subscriptions. But the Australian yeah, did used to be yeah. a, a, a paper of, re- a, 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 yeah. number one, I mean, there's yeah. no such thing as a paper of record anymore, which is Ridiculous. absolutely or, or we don't, stupid. We don't have one in Australia. There are there are. Well, there are, I suppose, around the place, but we, d- we certainly don't have them in Australia anymore. And and he, the Australian did used to be... I remember reading thing. it. I remember reading it uh, along, t- uh, I don't know, f- Especially on twenty the odd years ago. Yeah, and I'd read it regularly and think this is a pretty good paper. And then I'd kind of got bored with papers. And then I don't know. I turned around. And I turned back again, and it became the Nazi Party. He, and it was a real surprise. He spoke in particular, although he said there was a lot of problems. He spoke in particular um, about the the rabid opinion people. Um, yeah, the, the the news component yeah. still still has um, capacity to collect and well, tell we, good news. There stories. are good, oh, not good news stories. Good, good <laughs> news stories. Yeah, there are good journalists there, but it's it's the, it's yeah. the promotion of you know Janet Albrechtson, um, Judith Sloan, uh, all those um, <sighs> columnists that are paid massive amounts of money. To stir the shit. To stir the shit. And that is their yeah. job. Well, it's almost like uh, that's seen as the job of the newspaper. Um, oh, okay. So cool. Siege, you mentioned before the NPC debate. Oh, I did. Um, they at least had podiums this time. It was time. a natural pol- National yeah. Poultry Commission? Yeah, na- National yeah. Poultry Commission held a debate. So, yeah. so podiums, and check. Podiums, <laughs> check. Appropriate distance, check. Uh, Sabra Lane, as the president of the National Press Club, Two was checks. the uh, questioner. And I think she did a very good job. I, uh, she let things go when it needed to and yeah. she sort of stopped and corralled it back in. They got to ask each other two questions each, which was a very interesting um, if you can't have a worm, that was kind of second best thing, I think. Yeah. But I, I do like so a worm. So it's like, who cuts oh. your hair? Yeah. Uh, Did you know? And Morrison turns to Shorten and goes, Do you know I'm not you? <laughs> Did you know that? That's, I'm not you. That's my whole, yeah. yeah. So, sure. Uh, um, all the questions were about Labor policy, which was kind of interesting in a way. All four questions were, <laughs> were about Labor policy in the sense of uh, Morrison asked, he was trying to get Bill Shorten on the whole, how much is your climate going to cost kind of thing again. And yeah. um, Shorten's were about, about well, are you going to implement Will you look at implementing the stuff that if we don't win? Will you look at the cancer policy that we've put forward? You yeah. know, paying all the cancer costs and things like that. So it was quite interesting in the in this void that we've just been talking about in relation to to climate um, policy that the only policies that were talked about were labour ones. Yeah, I don't think anyone was a, a massive winner. It was a very weird audience because I mean it's a national press club and they each had their own cheering teams and yeah. and and that. But uh, I think it was. It was reasonable for the Australian public to see it because it was on free to air and it was on the ABC. Sure. Cool. Um, All right, that's happened. Uh, Just this morning, Labor costings uh, have come out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's money attached to it. There's money. Well, the the bits that I've said, I haven't read, I haven't had time to think about it because it only happened at like 11 o'clock, but they have forecast a surplus as 
well for next year, but and, it's more And I think the economy will c- continue to be run on money um, in the future. In the future, yeah. Bowen pledged a 1% of GDP surplus by whenever the hell, 23, 24, something like that? Yeah. 22 billion? So they're still saying that they'll they'll – they're aiming for a surplus, but they're not talking about tax cuts until they reach a no. certain threshold. And they go, if we, when we reach that threshold, then we can start talking about tax cuts because we okay. need this other money to do this other stuff. It's that as we if you do. need taxes. It's as if they're important and they're investments or yeah, something. Yeah, screw tax cuts. Yeah, I don't get that. Pay tax. Yeah. Pay some tax and, and look at the awesome services you get. Yeah, pay tax or don't use anything. Yeah. That, that's that's that, my rule. Yep. Well, that's just, a good rule. Oh, it's just idiotic. I get so tired of hearing this shit. And the economy is the final goal. All in all, in it's, spending it's on anything to do with people is an expense, yeah. according to our liberal colleagues. What the fuck is wrong with their brains? I don't get it. Oh, I, 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 just, I generally don't get it. I just remember something at the National Press Club. There was a moment of where um, Bill Shorten was, was almost kind of shaking his head and thinking about what Morrison <laughs> had just said. And, and, Morris, and Morrison said... Oh, come on, Bill, give us a, you know, smile. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. And I was like... Give us a smile? Well, it was along those lines. Did he say sweetheart as well? No, he might as well. He might as well have gone over and tapped him on the bum. But it was... um, And I just just put this tweet out that said, uh, Scott Morrison just managed to push a button inside every woman in Australia by telling Bill Shorten to smile. So you're calling him hot. And, And so I just sort of sent that out, like me just getting something out of my system and that. 420 retweets. My God. And over 2,000 likes. Wow. And that, that wasn't just me and Will. Tweet. No, it wasn't just you F- and Will. It fits into, fits into the one previously of uh, uh, Shorten calling Morrison a space invader. Yeah. Uh, that, that he's got this thuggish persona, I think. So yeah, yeah. It just didn't Can I say, that. too, when calling him a space invader is the highlight humorous note? Oh, I don't know. I, we miss Paul I, Keating. I, I know. I'm like, <laughs> look, look, I, don't think, I don't think it was humorous. I think it's more just – it reflects more and more – I don't think it's quite there, but the Scott Morrison, Mark Latham sort of. Oh, analogy. big time! So like they're, they, they're going to have a child, and it's going to look like, like um, Scott Morrison. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. Um, okay, know. what else have we got? Rod, you mentioned before that Peter Dutton had said something. Oh, I just like his little quote. Um, he, he he's he's out. You know, he doesn't come out at all, and then when he does, he says something dumb like, "Why won't you debate me, Homeland Minister?" You know, to opposition leader. And then his quote, I think older Australians in particular are waiting with baseball bats for Mr. Shorten. Oh, okay. This is a direct quote from Dutz. So we don't hear much from him. And then we hear shit sticks like this. Like he's, which, as the head of the National Security Service, he should be defending him. You would from. think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> indeed. You know, you're not allowed to hit people with baseball bats you're not? or eggs or anything like you're not? that. No. no but I mean, not. just just to say, it's it just sort of testament to the kind of dried up prune thing he's got in his head and calls a brain. There are a couple weird. of seats that are really desperate at the moment. His, his being one of them yeah. where they're really, really fighting. That John Howard has sent out a letter uh. to every elector in um, his in Dutton's seat and saying how, uh, you know, capable that Dutton was uh. as, as in his... When he, while he was Prime Minister. He would have been a junior minister from Queensland. Didn't he say best minister he'd worked he, with or something like that? Uh, no, there was no. a quote on Twitter that said that he was the, um, I think you're talking about the Bernard Keane tweet that said uh, said that he was the kind of best minister. That That's not actually what the letter said. not what said. it said? Okay. No, it said he was a most capable minister. He didn't say he a was most the capable, most right. capable minister. That is big difference. That's a big difference. I, I think John Howard would be careful and, about and, and, What a reference to get to. Here's my reference. How, how'd you yeah, do in the last job? They, I, they could do it. And yeah. I saw the... I saw the Bernard Keane tweet, which said, "Oh well, 
here you go, Peter Reith, da 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 da. And I, you know, yeah. I like to go back to what the original thing said, and I found it. And fuck, you're no, so, you're it so, said, so interesting. I'm such, such so a nerd. Now, um, <laughs> are there any other seats on our seat watch that you wanted to bring up? Any other things that people had seen? I know oh, that listener so Glenn has asked us to take a look at Pierce and Durack. We will in a, in a moment. Just to let you know where the leaders have been in the last week, they're focusing. Um, so Morrison is focusing on Cowper, which is interesting. He went to Cowper. Which I I found strange because it's a national held seat. Cowper mm. um, being in in rural New South Wales, yeah, and that's the one that Rob Oakshot's got a really good chance at. Ah. So An I thought it was shot. interesting that Morrison went to that one. He was also a Farrah um, around Albury, um, Reed in and Parramatta, and then today he's up in around Rockhampton, Capricornia. Shorten's gone to sort of try and look at a bit of the Sydney West seat. Um, we've got Gilmore, that he's also been to Karangamai and Petrie. And it's, it was interesting that once, one point today, he said that he'd been to, this is my sixth visit since the 2016 election to this particular electorate. Mm. And you go, yeah, you guys have been planning this for quite some yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I found that interesting. It's as if the Labor Party have a long-term strategy. Yeah, um, which th- which is good because yeah, just feels a little bit loose around the edges sometimes. Okay, we've got uh, coming up on Sunday is Mother's Day yeah. and Bill Shorten's birthday. He turns fifty two on the Liberal launch day. On the Liberal launch day, there Bill Shorten's only turning fifty two. And Scott Morrison's birthday is the day after, and he is turning fifty one. Oh, that's I'm the same age as Bill Shorten. I never knew that. There you go. There Fuck, you I go. look young. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do indeed. Well, I can't believe that Scott. Look, Morrison he's had a top younger. life. He had to dig people out of a mine or something like that. And I had to go to uni a lot, <laughs> and I had to have a job occasionally. But interestingly, yes, uh, Scott Morrison has said the Labor mm. Party launch was all about labour, which is just ridiculous. Uh. You're like, have you seen this game <laughs> that's, before? That's, that's what you do. So Scott Morrison's liberal launch is going to be all about Scott, Scott. Morrison. Oh no, sorry. I do, I do find that intriguing, and, and many Balloons. people have commented, uh, commentated on this, or commented on this. He, he's got no one. No, like no he's, one. he's literally. No it's, it's, it's getting weirder it's, and weirder. It's him and Joshy, and yeah, ish, and ish. ish, and uh, and um, Josh Frydenberg is apparently. Uh, I've se- I've seen reports from Kuyong saying that there is a piece of direct mail uh-huh. just about every night in people's letterboxes from Josh Frydenberg in Kuyong at yeah, the right. moment. Wow! Uh, wow! That, and that, that is it. and that yeah. is freaking expensive. <laughs> I can just tell you that. If Not nothing to else, environmentally expensive. Yeah, expensive, expensive. So the launch will be very interesting. And they're ha- where are they? They're having it in where are they having it? Melbourne. I thought it was in Queensland. No, no, no Labor, Labor was in, yeah. in Queensland. If Labor oh, was in true. Queensland, then, they um, oh, then, then be the in libs Perth. are in Melbourne. Right. Yeah. And well, but, um, but it literally is going to be Scott up there going, "A vote for me, me is me, a vote me. for me." Yeah. I mean, he's even what was it? The Lee Sales interview is like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's going to be deciding it? Yeah. Deciding policies is it going to be the conservative yeah. wing or the or the mainstream? And he Me. said, "I will, I will." Which which you know is no confirmation of which wing he's in. And I know he's not going to do that in an interview like that. But um, even even if he did, like just that idea. I mean, the 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 imagery that's being that there's such a contrast in image that's well, being cast. It's, it's also has a bad two. history in in that government of captains' calls. Oh, they're terrible. Uh, well, name what uh, two? A knighthood for knighthood Prince, for Prince Philip. <laughs> 
You know, there's not a moment when I hear that that it doesn't make me laugh as hard as the first time I heard it. <laughs> and you know it never won't. No, it, it won't. never it's won't. True. It, you will be uh, in 490 400 years, years time yeah, yeah. On, your, on your dying day. I won't day. remember my own name and then that'll play in the background. Like, <laughs> um, all right. Um, Tool have got a new album coming out. <laughs> Shit, yeah. August, August 30. 30. I'm so, glad so, you two are so happy about I'm del- that. It's been 10 years of crying every night waiting, <laughs> waiting for me. For every it. night and some mornings. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, oh, yeah. Well, that's good news. And no, I no mean, maybe that'll that make um, some of these United Australia Party candidates happy uh, who, who just seem to... I'm just putting these under crazies. Uh, in the last couple of days, it's since like since we've recorded, these guys come out. Uh, he's not sure about vaccinations, um, uh, so so that's been. He's, a bit, not, he's it, not sure. He's not sure about not sure. them. So Clive Palmer says they'll have to look at that. The language, not, the language is just like climate denial. I mean, like literally word for word, kind of. Well, you know, we haven't really seen the science on vaccinations like, happened in the past. Yeah, what the snapping shit are you talking about? <laughs> like, it, that is that is even weirder than climate denial because there's a bit of evidence. And yeah. there's another one who's running for Queensland Senate, and she has. Um, she just happened to have on her Facebook page it, uh, in uh, January, February. Yeah. She was still posting this sort of stuff. Um, big nooses around pregnant women's bellies. What? Oh. Um, because. Is that to and, help and them that, walk? Uh, uh, no, it's not to help them walk. Posture? It's to say that um, abor- abortion is one of the great. Um, Murders. Terrible things about Australia at the moment. And then, of course, we had the guy that actually got dumped, though, from the mm. United Australia Party yesterday, um, Tony Pucock or something like that. He was running for the seat of Melbourne, didn't have a, you know, a chance in hell. But he uh, questioned the leg- uh, what really happened on 9-11 because that, yeah. that ah. building seven should never have fallen down. Nice. It no, wasn't nice. Hit, no. wasn't hit by any plane. Uh, no, no, it was a, a blimp. Yeah, it oh. was. We should look at um, uh, questions. Question from Glenn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah. So do Pearson Jurek, yeah. what do you got? What yeah. do you? I got lots. What are the big issues? What's the? Well, let's start with Jurek, which I I don't think Jurek's going to give me give me a give me a geography. Where is where it's is in Australia? It's, it's half nice. of it's the top half of Western Australia. So it's it's large. It's, Jesus, um, that's it's, big. It's, one million six hundred twenty one million six hundred and twenty nine thousand eight hundred and fifty eight square meters. Is it the largest kilometers? Ele- it's the largest electorate in the world, isn't it? Yeah, oh, I think so. That, that's not one European nation. That's half a fucking yeah. Europe. That's, well, it's it's most of Europe. Yeah. Um uh, Wow. So it's a uh, Needless to say, classified as rural. Uh, huh. Melissa Price, who is the environment minister. Are you sure? What? That she's the environment <laughs> minister. <laughs> that's a good question. Uh Look, the Libs hold the seat by 11.1%. Um, she seems to be out of range on the mobile a hell of a lot. It looks like she's really covering every say, bit in, of that in, election. In this case, <laughs> I, I'll cut her some slack on that one. Yeah. She's not Barnaby. Uh, for instance, another thing about that seat, same-sex marriage vote, it voted 59.2% in favour, uh-huh. which is uh, actually sort of swinging a bit on the lower it's end low, of, yeah, a, yeah. of Australia. But still, uh, still, still sit nearly 60%, so that, yep. that's fine. Uh I think what will be interesting is to see if there's any shift in uh, her margin there because 35% of their um, uh, voters are less than 20, 39 years old. So I oh, think so – uh, yep. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm looking at that. There's kind of 
couple of variables I've been thinking about in finding my paths of victory and loss in that. And one is if there is there's a high population under 39 or if there's a high population over 60 because um, the franking credits will come in for the over 60s and the climate uh-huh. change will yeah, come okay. in yep. in, the, in the younger ones. It's sort of like just yeah, a thing it. that I'm it. thinking about. I see about. the logic oh of your yeah. I know. Um, CJ Anthony Green, Josh. <laughs> Oh no, how much do you want me right now? 60 plus, uh, there's only 27% of the population um, and it's mm. very massively high rental, which is not unexpected because you wouldn't get people building houses there. So that's very good. Uh, well, someone's building them because you've got to rent them. They've got to be built to rent them. Yeah, well, there's that. But yeah. there's a, th- there's only 18% of the population that isn't involved in studying or working. So 18? 18. Seriously? So studying or work. Studying so or work. So like engaged. Oh, oh, not combined. I'm like, Jesus, that's, that's busy. That's, that's the retiree or... Preschool population. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like, or, 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 yeah, don't want one. Yeah, unemployed, yeah, of course. And 14% um, professional. So it, it is as you would expect. It's going to be a fairly um, work, working work. Oh, I was going to say, sort of, you, it's going to be a mixture of your big property mm. um, owners and and then the mine. And then the other. Mines and yeah. others and things like that. I, that'll stay lib, I am quite sure. Uh, what, How, what do you say the margin was? 11 or 11.1. Yeah, that'll be impressive. Even though she's she's astoundingly hopeless. Yeah, some people want astoundingly hopeless. Just like me, useless. That's but the, the other one factor. that Glenn mentioned is Pierce. And Pierce is very interesting because yeah. uh, that is sort of uh, the outer, well outer metropolitan area, if you like, of of WA, um, Christian Porter, the Attorney General, holds uh-huh. it. It's only three point six percent. It had and and see if you if you liked my um, measurements before, see how what you think about this. Same sex marriage was sixty three point nine percent. Yes, under thirty nine forty percent. Over sixty twenty four percent. Yeah. Uh, 14% professionals. The other thing that's interesting about this one is 35.6% of people there were born overseas. That's oh. high. It is high. And yeah. it's also uh, stretching in – it's only 22% uh, renting. Oh. 22. Yeah. So, so I think I think you're going with uh, your homeowners. It's, it's, a, it's one of these seats that, that has that little bit of rural attachment to it. Yeah. As well as being outer, outer. So Christian's probably not in trouble over there. I think. No, I think he is. You do? Yeah, I think. I think that it. It'll. Um. I think that one will change hands. All right. Ooh, you I heard think, it here I think first. On election night, we will establish some sort of board of, of our seats to watch. You know, we'll pay attention oh, yeah. to them all. But Mate, you know, I've already done. This. I'm bringing a corkboard, pins, and red string. <laughs> okay, corkboard, pin, and red strings. But also, listener, if you're of interest. We're planning some sort of live podcast thing. Listen, like like Ruin HD talking over the top of. Let's the be clear, planning. Yeah, I know. Planning. I'm, well, <laughs> you know, and we're gonna <laughs> announce your plans and then see if it's and possible. Then see if they fruit. Talking over the top of the state of origin, we'll talk over the top of uh, some of the commentators, not over the top of Anthony. We'll Green. never no. talk across. No, that. no, no. That's like wanking in church. You can't do that. <laughs> oh my lord! Um, also, the, the <laughs> that's the noise I like. Keep playing it. The um. It's going to get drunker and drunker during the night. I think the last bit of that will be very different to the first bit. All right. We will we will find out more about that and let you yeah. know when it comes, and, listener. And, and let me know so I can uh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll clean hey, the lounge. Look, I, yeah, indeed. <laughs> I, I did a test with you the other day. Awesome, listener. Well, this has been Good Day Sausages for another three and a half day period. I've been, so I've been Will Grant. 
I've been CJ Josh. I'm Ed Ruddle. And we will see you early next week. Only a couple more apps to go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. Oh my God. Let's do an episode every day next week. Oh, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> but, but, but we might get good Kenny in here. <gasps> I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. I will not. The successful candidate was Scott Morrison. It's all about me and him. No, Prime Minister. It's about the Australian people.